the internet and welcome to season 171, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, February 11th, 2021. Happy B-Day to my dad, uh, Pa, as as my kids call him. Uh, My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I sit in a Jeep outside a church Too white, I can't sense a cringe coming down I'm here to heal this nation's woes You look at me like one side's Nazi clowns You tell me this ain't it, boss I need to go inside and put pray on the cross I'll let you down, 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 down I'll let you down, 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 down uh, Also... Arrested for drunk driving. Uh, that is courtesy <laughs> of a Smash Mouth of CL. Uh, number one Smash Mouth. Super fan. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Two drugs just came down. Saving these kids unless they're brown. All right, and that just uh, QAnon, Britney Spears, Mashup just popped in my brain right before we started recording. So shout out to my uh, just constant TV watching by myself. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The queen who we will talk about today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of queens, uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Amy Miller. It's me, Framing Woo. Amy Miller. <laughs> framing Amy? What would your uh, uh, New York Times uh, docu thing look like, you think? What would it sort of center <laughs> around if it was Framing Amy Miller? Um, I Just constant self-sabotage, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like, mad at you by the end. We'd be like, yeah, we know, so we know why she's not more famous. She did this to herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what's new with you, Amy? Oh, uh, what is, I mean, how do you even, mm-hmm. I mean, Ralph, Smart and Final, Rite right. Aid, you know, yeah, like yeah. this mm-hmm. is, uh, they're all within a block, so I like to change <laughs> up the scenery from time to time. Get yeah. get a get a grocery item at Rite Aid, just go crazy, you know? Hey, yeah. once a week, treat yourself, <laughs> go to a different Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> once yeah. a week, what I, okay, I, I've been going to the grocery stores, but I really don't leave often, Um, but I have been... Once or twice a week, local restaurant, dinner, no chains ever for food in that mm-hmm. way. And that's been nice. Yeah, yeah. Support what? the neighborhood folks. How, yeah. how much cooking are you doing? Ton of cooking. A lot. Are you, yeah. Has it like, are you one of these people? Because I know it's weird. I know some people who have, who used to cook who are like cooking less because, I mean, they have the means to cook less and just eat out more because they just don't have the, the will within themselves to cook <laughs> yeah. anymore. I've gone the opposite where I'm like, the only way I know how to live is through using fire to make food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd say I'm cooking more, but that's because before I was on the road working mm-hmm. as a comedian. So if I was home, cooking was very special. It was like, ooh, mama's home. Right, I don't have right, any right. kids. Um, just a boyfriend. <laughs> uh, but he's young, as everybody knows. Um, so he calls me mama. He doesn't do that. But I cook, <laughs> I cook like four or five nights a week, and yeah. then we'll eat out a couple. But I, I, we stopped doing like, I'm like, why am I going to Chipotle in Los Angeles? You know what I mean? Right. Like I get that it's easy. I order in the app. It's right there. 
but there's a million different places I can get a good burrito or taco. Yeah, or, you know, go to like Vallarta even and go yeah. to their, their butcher and just buy their carne asada or wherever. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing I've realized too is like, there's so many things that like I would just buy out because I never had the imagination or just ability to be like, wait, I think I can make that shit and actually totally. look good too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I know. But yeah, we're I'm cooking. Couple of I'm cooking, cooking fools. Off. It's the dishes like that really get you. The dishes are like if I could cook without dishes, I would cook three meals a day. But right, that's why I yeah, cook a yeah. lot of stews, like shit in like a one Dutch oven or like grill. Oh yeah, yeah. Instapot. Yeah, yeah those Just are the hacks. I think that that's one why, thing. I think that's why air frying has also become really popular too, because it is like sort of a one chamber. Just like I do all the uh, the dirty shit in there, and then it's done. Totally, but for my Instapot friends, you know, you got to clean the inside of that lid too. You can't just clean the pot. Oh you no! You got to wipe don't... out that lid. <laughs> oh no! Yes, yes. Please, hold on. I I feel like we shouldn't have to say this, but please would... clean the lid. <laughs> clean the lids. That's, That's what be adds all the flavor. It's like one of those uh, <laughs> cast iron skillets. Oh, you got to season the lid. Yeah, seasoning fully. I mean, I don't want it to taste like soap. Come on. No <laughs> way. Get I want to have that out. chili funk from the <laughs> yeah. late 90s. Get it all around. out now, Jack. Get, Get it, it all, all out, out, Jack. Has been our, uh, th that's our catchphrase for this. And, yeah. Uh, we can't tell you what it means. The awful origin <laughs> story. <laughs> Uh, all right, Amy, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. But first, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, we've all watched Framing Britney Spears. We're going to talk about that documentary. Uh, we're going to talk about the video that the Democrats showed at the second day of the impeachment of Donald Trump's second impeachment. Uh, we're going to talk about why the media doesn't care about those uh, $2,000 checks as much as they should. Uh, Elon Musk's uh, Starlink, I think it's called, uh, mm -hmm. his new internet service uh, that you can get in on the ground floor of for uh -oh. a low, low deposit of $99 and then $500 for the required hardware and then $99 a month. Uh, but he's doing it to uh, spread internet access to uh, underserved communities, but you still have to pay. Yeah, underserved um, communities famously can, have seven hundred dollars to just yeah, lay out exactly. for internet off the rip like that. Yeah, he's actually doing it to uh, fund his Mars ventures, uh, but we'll get into that. Um, we'll get into uh, the new uh, replacement for the Aunt Jemima pancake brand. Uh, they've they've come up with their new name, uh, and it's delicious sounding. <laughs> Can't, Can't wait, wait to get my, my mouth around that. <laughs> uh, uh, all of that, plenty more. Uh, but first, Amy, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? I'm not, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, this is more of a statement about who my friends are. Yes. I did the other morning wake up to several texts letting me know that Trey Songs had a sex tape. <gasps> I did Google it immediately, mm. saw it, great, great work, everybody. Um, but just the fact that I had like multiple people being like, wake up. Amy needs to know. <laughs> there's, there's big news. They're calling each other, being like, have you gotten a hold of Amy yet? She's <laughs> She must be asleep. What the I'm hell's going on? I'm worried about her, I know. <laughs> who, lives, who lives closest? Throw rocks at her window. <laughs> <laughs> So I love I love him and his songs and other things about him and also his response was really funny because he was just like 
making coy little, like tweeting his own song lyrics uh, about his penis that he wrote that yeah. I guess that I guess were true. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, he's hmm. the best. Anyway, hmm. it's on Twitter if you want to see it. He also hasn't really like fought to have it brought down at all, which is interesting. He's just like, yeah. That's this is good advertising. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what better advertising for somebody with a good penis who sings about uh using that penis, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love I want to hear Jack say penis so many yeah. more times now in my He's life. He's got a great that's a great penis, uh Trey Songs. Well good done. Good hog. <laughs> great great Solid, hog. man. Solid, Solid hog. Solid, uh, man. Good on you, man. Good on you. <laughs> Sorry, I was just. Jack's just texting. He's, during the no, show. he's Googling the sex tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, I just, just had, had to make sure I'm not giving these compliments out without seeing what the deal <laughs> is first. I just had to uh, scrub through that real quick. And yeah, <laughs> great work all around. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Okay, good. Both of these are in honor of the 21st anniversary of Jim Varney's death. I'm going to say underrated. Ernest scared stupid. Mm. Okay. Overrated. Ernest saves Christmas. Ooh. And I love Christmas and Christmas movies, but I don't know. It's not. I think. I think honestly, maybe Ernest goes to jail would be the my favorite. But yeah. Christmas gets a lot of shine, and I feel like Halloween really is Ernest's true holiday. And that scared stupid as a Halloween film. Yeah, that's yeah. the one like the pumpkin cover. I just know every earnest film just had Jim Varney just giving that full like, like I right. grin. I can't imagine um, how delicately they handled the uh, carceral system of the United States in their uh, analysis <laughs> through the earnest goes to jail prism from the year 1990. <laughs> this is why I think it needs more credit because earnest right. across all of his properties, you would think would would go a little bit more racist, and he doesn't like at any point. No, like, yeah, that is true. I feel like I that was the thing that I my first assumption about a like earnest thing because like hey, I'm like you talk like the scary people from the movies my grandpa shows me. Um, <laughs> the man. hills have eyes, right, right. And then you're like, oh wait, these are more kid friend. Then you realize like he's like he was like a good guy, right? Yeah, Wasn't he's he a really well he was a very good guy. Yeah, and like. Pretty diverse casting, and yeah, he just never goes this like sort of ignorant hillbilly route that he could have. Uh, but yeah, R.I.P. Man. Yeah, yeah. you're that's, missed. That's an amazing story that that started as a radio advertisement, and like and for then a local, local car TV dealership, and then local. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Well, what was really crazy is he he was like the local commercial guy. It seemed like. So you, he was advertising like a million different places, like in these small towns, because you're just like, oh, you want a commercial? Get Ernest. He's the right. commercial guy. So, right. you know, you could be like dueling pizza restaurants have the same guy in their commercial, essentially, because he just had it's such a good idea. I should, I like should a... do this for the neighborhood restaurants. I'll do Is your commercial. Yeah. <laughs> 500 <laughs> bucks. <laughs> just some food. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, like, if there's a someone has an archive of the Jim Varney local ads. That's there a documentary a that needs to be made. They're on right. a lot of them are on YouTube. On YouTube, they, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I'm great. curious to see, like, what 
Because, yeah, it's such a specific flavor because, yeah, like the whole Hey Vern thing was him breaking the fourth wall, wasn't it? Like about like Vern was the person on the other side of the camera, wasn't it? Vern was all of us, Miles. Right. We were Vern. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jim. But Vern is like really stupid. Like he's way dumber than Ernest. So yeah, right. as, as a kid, you're like, I guess I'm Vern. I'm Vern. <laughs> I'm Vern. <laughs> Was Vern? Did we ever meet Vern in the films? I mean, you see his hands and stuff. Like he, you know, he's a he's person, like Claw sure. from <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Right? Yeah, like a very dumb version of Claw. You know what I mean, Vern? Yeah, he trademarked that thing. Yeah, shout out to him. Uh, and and the Ernest films, uh, which none of which I saw for some reason that missed me. Um, so I need to I need to do my work. I'm yeah. I'm here. curious to see because it's funny that I know the last thing, the last Jim Varney thing I sought out to watch was the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> right, that was like two <laughs> years ago. That was right. a lot of people's like introduction to him, and then they were like, "Oh, he's got all these other." I mean, right, yeah. But in the South, you know, he's a superstar forever. Mm-hmm. He's like killer bees. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know that comedian? <laughs> oh no, I thought no. you were talking about the actual phenomenon of killer bees. No, there's like from the this South. southern comedian named Killer Bees, and his tagline is "Save up, you better save up." Just, <laughs> just like solid conservative wait. financial advice is his catchphrase. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Wait, what did Killer Bees look like? Did he I dress mean, like him? Like he had to have dressed in black and yellow, right? No, he just looks like an old white guy. I don't know. He's really funny. <laughs> I can't. I didn't know. Killer Bees is just the comedian's name. Yeah, it's pretty tight, right? Like he's not a rapper. He's <laughs> oh B E A Z Killer Bees. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a, that is like one of those nicknames that like. Yeah, that that's just, his name is like bees. Some his last name's bees something. They were like, Beasley. "Hey, it's Killer Bees." It's, hey, it's Truett S. Beasley Jr. All right, yeah, yeah. he just started killing so hard, people started calling him Killer Bees. Hell yeah, yeah. That it's, dude crushes. Save up. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it, they say it stemmed from an incident in his childhood where a friend went into anaphylactic shock after a series of bee stings. Beasley <laughs> then threw his epinephrine pen into the river. Uh, and then his friend died, giving him the name Killer Bees. This is not real, Miles. Did you just make that up? Yeah. Miles. Allegedly. I just made that up on a joke podcast, okay? That I wasn't was so, real. It was so Bit convincing. Of Bit of improv. <laughs> Bit of improv. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. For anybody who, like, I was confused why they thought they could make a TV show out of the uh, Geico Caveman. They were trying to recreate the magic of of uh, Ernest, you know. Just True. that that's, but that's yeah. next level. That's a next level talent. I mean, that's and also a hot podcast, kind of a hot young dude. Uh, back in the day, like obviously. Oh, I think he's very attractive. Yeah. Jim oh yeah, Varney. when he was unverned, you're like, yeah. what? okay, Jim Varney. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, there's a young, there's a picture of him as a young man, just like. You know, making love to the camera, uh, and through his eyes—not literally, just like you know—he's given the camera a look that's like, "Damn, Jim." And Barney. that's when I knew <laughs> I was Vern. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Vern. We're all Vern. Yeah, we all wish we were Vern. 
And um, Vern, Vern always kept his hands visible, so we know he wasn't touching yeah, the camera. Yeah, we were talking about that. We were oh, talking that was about, before the recording. That was off mic, but we were, we were talking about the fact that the Wiggles keep uh, give the thumbs up in all their pictures because they want uh, people, the parents to know that their hands are not up to any shenanigans. They're not uh, doing anything untoward, which is important. Yeah, good policy when you're around children constantly for a living. Right, um, and then just any and like and just there will always anything that could look improper, untoward. You never want to be in a situation where you're like, "Nah, I I just had my hand in my pocket," and they're like, "Ah, uh, we don't know, buddy." Yeah, and you're like, "Okay, this is why I do this all the time." Now it's always thumbs up, right? And they're like, "But what's in their palms?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's see the hands, boys. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about Britney. And we're back. So framing Britney Spears, the internet is a buzz. Uh, the American zeitgeist is a buzz. It is a single episode of a docu-series by the New York Times, which I didn't realize heading into it. I assumed it was more of just like a a Netflix documentary or something, but I guess that lends it a little extra cred since it's like a thoroughly reported uh, documentary. Yeah, same. I didn't. I was surprised. I thought I was, and and then I'm like, oh, I didn't even know this series existed. Now I want to watch all these because they have like a yeah. bunch of really good other topics. But what are the really... other topics? No, I don't. No, Not I don't Britney remember. Spears. I watched the other ones. I was like, what the? You're what like, what the heck? Shit? I. It wasn't until episode six they got to Britney, the Britney Spears part. <laughs> <laughs> the episode five, I think, was like the teenager who hacked Twitter or something mm. like that. So it's oh, like, okay stories behind the headlines um right. but this one was um uh, you know i i think it it was really like one of the better documentaries about a massive cultural figure where you like see the humanity more than or at least i saw the humanity more than i had really ever seen it because she's like such an icon and then you just see her behind the scenes like uh you know being smart and creative and like in control of her image like when they're like filming uh, a a video or you know planning out a, a live show she's like it's her vision you know it's not it's not like she's just like some cog in a in a massive pop pop music machine uh it seems like she's like really in control uh back in at the peak of her career and then it also, like, even more so really changes the way you look at, like, the the culture of the 90s and early aughts and, like, how how she was treated. Yeah. yeah it's sickening. The whole thing. Ed McMahon being such a creep, calling himself a boy. Yeah. Saying, I can be your boyfriend. Um, I think, so, as far as her, like, being sort of in charge of all those projects, my theory, and some of it is supported, is that this did change at some point, not just because of the conservatorship, but because I I think medication, um, I'm saying this, too, because I have a friend, a close friend who worked on a project with Brittany where she saw her every day. I'm not going to say what it is or who the friend is because I don't want her to get fired. But she was very much like, oh, she needs like a lot of handlers. Like she can't remember to do anything. And my friend's theory was that she was heavily drugged, like that she was taking enough pills to be like 
so spaced out that she couldn't do anything for herself. And she was like, yeah, she's really sweet. She's still just as talented. But like, I there's nothing that I can say like directly to Brittany about anything. Like even like, here's your lunch. Like it has to go through someone else. Um, Because she's just like not there. So, which is another kind of dark thing I was thinking of during the documentary because they don't mention that in the documentary at all. Um, And, you know, people can have psychotic breaks for several reasons. And she had plenty of reasons to have a psychotic break. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No Um, shortage. But I do think, I mean, just this gossip, hot goss theory um, that there's some over-medication going on, too. I'm sure. But it's just so, it's so fucked. Yeah, and you see kind of the transition from her being this capable you know, a director of her own fate and projects to now I'm not even sure if she knows those videos are going on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? I feel like, yeah, I don't vi- know. Yeah, some of the videos that they show, it definitely, uh, I don't know. I, I hadn't like really dug into her Instagram, even though I've listened to the podcast about her Instagram. I'm like, that's probably enough. I don't have to actually look at the Instagram. But like why actually seeing some of them, uh, it, it can be a little troubling, but, um, you know, in terms of like pop stars being over medicated, like, you know, Michael Jackson was over medicated Elvis. That's probably what killed him. Like that is a, a thing that happens even when the pop star is not under massive attack and like basically being gaslit by the universe constantly from day one of them being famous. Um, Right, and it becomes this cycle, I think, of like they are under so much duress and stress that it's like, oh, take take this, you'll feel better. But then it becomes a means of control. Like now we have basically this walking vegetable. We can just be like, sign here and do right. this dance, and then we'll take you know twenty five percent of your money. Yeah, it's shout out to Babs Gray and Tess Barker, by the way, for Absolutely. really like blowing this whole thing open. And I don't think they got enough credit in the documentary, honestly. Um, but yeah. knowing Barbara for these years that it's been going on, it's been a wild ride. Right. We were t- when we were talking on the episode the day before about it, and like, cause yeah, that was the first thing. I was like, when are they gonna f- like pop up into this? I was like, my first thought because I'm like, my att- I only had the understanding of this situation because of them. Um, like at least to the depth that I did, I think most people were like, what's, I think most people were like, what's happening with Britney Spears? But that level of like research and like reporting on just the dynamics of like the conservatorship. Yeah. It was really off the strength of like what I had seen from their or heard from their podcast. But yeah, I mean like the whole thing, it, it's this also this weird mirror that reflects back to us in this documentary, because I find like, I realized how much I agreed with mainstream media at the time in terms of their idea of what Britney Spears was, or like I didn't have the same, like, I guess like gears of empathy and understanding to be like, Oh my God, they're just like badgering this poor woman. Um, like without actually taking a more like a deeper look at like culture at large that created pop stars that are a certain way or what sells in this industry. And yeah, and that's when I'm just like, man, and then I was like, fuck all these people. And almost like, like, God, like also fuck 2007 me. Yeah. And fuck me. Yeah. 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 Me too. Well, that's when the paparazzi dude talks about the money shot. Like, you know, we respond to those things emotionally, like those famous paparazzi shots, like it works because you're like, oh, fuck, this person is melting down like she's crazy. 
But yeah, then when you see the background of it and how much they just broke her down and then you're like, fuck this guy too. Right. Or just (laughs) like our understanding around like the vulnerability of any person under distress or dealing with any kind of mental illness versus like it because everyone just defaulted to just ableist jokes of like, "Uh oh, look at Britney. She lost it. Like that's just like, what the fuck was that? And I think that's what's interesting again when with Craig Ferguson, like he had the wherewithal to be like, this is fucking gross. Even if it is, even yeah. when no one yeah, else is shout seeing out to him. it. But and, like, wi- and with women, it's like, yeah, we just break them down like our female stars and then ridicule them when they have a mental break. But also like you can have a mental break as a dude a lot of the time. And people yeah. are like, he's eccentric or this is his new right. phase. This is his right. new artistic phase. I mean, right. you have to take it. You know, Kanye obviously took it very far where even his biggest fans eventually were like, oh, OK, Trump. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is not. This is too far. But for a long time, nobody would say, like, Kanye is struggling mentally, you know? Yeah, at least not in, like, the the normal, like, sort of entertainment tonight sort of takes. It's, like, more raucous behavior from Kanye West. And I think, like, once the MAGA stuff happened, I was like, oh, man, he's just, he's hurting. Like, and it's, it's, it's hard to know what's going on. But, yeah, the Britney thing, I really, it's, like, you know, Jack, you were, I'm, you're probably going to talk about this, but like the way I instantly turned on people as I watched it. Was, oh, yeah. Like Fuck I didn't realize Justin the Crimea River video was a hit piece. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Diane Fuck Sawyer. Him. Fuck Diane Sawyer. Oh, that was the worst. Yeah. So disappointing. That interview. This woman says she wants to shoot you. Uh, what well, what do you have to say? <laughs> it's like, it's like, yo, what the fuck? Well, and she's like, maybe this? it's because of your behavior. Yeah, right? yeah, and totally like acting like that is a reasonable. Well, it's hard being a parent, you know. It's like what? Right, the and fuck? then she's like, well, you know, I'm not their babysitter. Yeah, and I was like, thank you, Brittany. Yes, thank you. She was so like, I don't know, like the thing I was really like took away from it was how just above and beyond she went to like let. Just like to kind of, you know, uh, persist through this just terrible behavior just was so patient with people, patient with the paparazzi was like put on a friendly face for the paparazzi. And yeah, like you were saying, I mean, the the mental health stuff like there, there's this um, study that I always think about with regards to mental health that found that like people who suffer from depression are actually they have a clearer view of reality than people who don't like it's basically to live a life as a not depressed person you have to be uh adding some level of delusion to at least in our uh version of america like americans need delusion to not be depressed and like with britney spears it's like the things that uh like her behavior once the quote mental break happened is how I would have reacted from day one. Like it was (laughs) just like, yo, that is how that is her being a human being. And like the, the part where she like took the umbrella to the car, like that, that seemed like the very least she could do. Yeah. Like as she was like, damn, I wish someone gave her a bat or something. (laughs) way more Like hardcore in that umbrella. And I mean, it was, you know, she's her career is based on this tension between being a Madonna and a temptress. And like then she I I really like got the sense just from the overall media story arc that the thing that people and the mainstream media couldn't forgive her for 
for was having two babies with Kevin Federline in particular, but just having babies was like the, you know, they were so obsessed with like, are you a virgin? They were like, people would literally ask her that. Uh, And then she had two babies and like suddenly the world turns on her. And then that became like a, a thing where they, like her children were withheld from her. It was like, uh, so I don't know. It's yeah, like a knowing, novel. Knowing too, like that moment of the back and forth was like her trying to see her kids and getting like ghosted at the gate, trying to see her kids. So like yeah. you're dealing with someone who is a parent who is being denied the ability to see their kids right or wrong. But that is that emotional space this person is in. And yeah. then to yeah. like keep at it. It's like, Jesus we all, out. everyone projected onto her immediately that she was an unfit mother and right. it to such an extreme that she sort of almost became one, but she didn't have access to her kids. Right. And that's like the story of Brittany is like, you know, having to figure out your sense of self when so much has been projected onto you, for starting from being sexualized as a child, yeah, you know, and she did me. have so much of her own agency early on and she is smart. I mean, that's the thing with like, Young girls we call precocious is that eventually it becomes just, a, you know, it's like Dolly Parton was the same way. It becomes a defense mechanism. It becomes easier. Eventually you're like, oh, I can manipulate these people in a way that I will make more money. But then also I'm like just my sense of self is crumbling because I don't know. Am I an adult or a kid? Am I a whore? Am I a mother? You know, it's right. like it's so sad. Yeah. Like the fact that there's a custody issue at the center of it is, I think, like that, that was a bigger, plays a bigger role in everything than I realized heading into the documentary. That, like, her dad and like the conservatorship is able to manipulate her because they're always dangling the idea that, like, she'll not be able to, like, see her kids over her head. Like, that right. just from the start, it's like when she, when the conservatorship was established, it was, uh, like you said, it was over her not being able to see her kids. Like Kevin Federline was uh, not responding when she came to the house to see her kids. And she, that was like when, you know, then a quote, mental provoked. health break happened. Yeah. But that's like, yo, know, that's how humans are. If you can't see your kids for no reason. And meanwhile, people are like harassing you and calling you an unfit mother. Like that is a the most it's, human response. You know, like. I've had to grieve a lot of lost loved ones in the last year. Yeah. And it's it's our it's hard to grieve or process shit on your own. Okay? Mm-hmm. Even if you have the privacy of your own home, that you are still going through it and you yeah. have to be present for that. To then add a layer of provocation from unknown people in the public with flashing lights is an absurd like it, it's absurd to think that any person could navigate that and not uh, have some kind of outburst of any kind. And it's oh, like, yeah. it, that's like when you start realizing it's like, Jesus Christ, like we get numb to the idea of what a celebrity is because it's just like, there are people that we capture in still images wearing Ugg boots, drinking right. Starbucks or something right. and not ever being able to really be like, what if that was you? trying just imagine fuck the the celebrity dynamics imagine you at your lowest point now add people in your face and trying to yell all this shit at you and how are you handling that and then a media apparatus that to your point amy it's like we all sort of were complicit in creating the momentum of being like oh that's unfit Uh uh-oh 
She's in trouble. That's yeah, danger. Yeah, and we all judged her for driving with the baby in her lap. But you know, Jack, those car seats are not easy to buckle up under no, any kind of duress, even if not. your kid is just crying and tired. So then add like a bunch of flash bulbs and people trying to get into your car and your baby's screaming and you're like, uh, you know, fucking a, what was like a simple girl, nice girl from the South. She's like, oh, we drove around as yeah. babies in the front of the truck all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I had to get out of that situation. Like, these are my maternal instincts. But yeah, I mean, shout out to everyone operating car seats every day because that shit is tough. <laughs> I remember yeah. I tried helping a friend get their car seat in. I was like, I will spike this shit on the road. I was like, you know, I'm fucking <laughs> Wait, the hook go. Well, you didn't tell me there was a hook on the back of the seat. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, I know. And then they're like, it's too loose. You got to pull that big loop down at the bottom yeah. and fucking suck them in I'm there like, all yeah, tight. I'm going to hold your baby like a football and I'll meet you down the street. Yeah, no, shout out to my uh, four-year-old and two-year-old who figured out how to use those things because I wasn't trying to do it. They, they're they buckled in if they if they can get it buckled by the time I start the car. Uh, Uh-oh, unfit father, unfit father. <laughs> I thought the most revealing clip in the whole documentary was the interview with her brother where he's like, yeah. yeah, man, the women in this family have a mind of their own, man. You know, it's a, you call it crazy, call it whatever you want. But, uh, and the person's like, you mean they want to exercise like their constitutional rights to like of self-government? And he's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he, you could just tell like there's like this toxic patriarchal like family yeah. ideal on the like hey, among yeah, he and the, his father it's like the boys versus the girls in the family right. you know like where it's like yeah my dad and i know you know because my dad's been telling me since i was a kid it's like i'm telling your mother and your sisters <laughs> if i mean if, if if you let them loose the world would end you know yeah what I mean? and yeah, i think that's why that, he had to take control of her completely right He's like getting back for generations of strong women he's yeah of. yeah yeah I, Absolutely. Because even like that one clip they showed of like the MTV comeback thing where it was like the you saw like a little interaction. It was clearly like someone who is like, yo, my dad ain't shit and is trying to control my life. And I also I don't fucking listen to his ass. And then frustrated dad who feels like powerless but has like this other way to like exercise their power. Cause she's like, No, I'm not gonna do it. It's like, oh fuck. Like when he walked <laughs> off, I was like, Oh my god, like this guy doesn't care about her. Oh, like he's just he's just in this not. pissing contest over who has control. The uh her dad um stays very private. You don't see like a lot of interviews with him and this documentary makes it clear why. Like he's just like a straight up he's just like yeah, whatever, man. Like he he doesn't really <laughs> give a shit. He's not given this yeah. much more thought than like doing what he can to exercise power and then has lawyers. And like the judge not letting her hire her own lawyer was so frustrating. It's truly, truly wild. And I mean, it, it's a weird thing. Like my wife and I, my wife and I were watching it and she was like asking like, so what? So they just got away with that then. And I was like, well, no, because this is like bringing public pressure. But like, does that. But does effectively, that they did get away. They're yeah, getting they, away with it. They're getting you know? away with it because like, does public pressure uh, influence a judge's decision in a case like this. It's not like it's uh, the impeachment trial. It's like, you know, every April. man in that documentary should be jailed alongside <laughs> Diane Sawyer and dig up Ed McMahon and throw him in there too. Yeah. 
Uh, the Ed McMahon <laughs> clip for anybody who hasn't watched the documentary is like she is a eight year old star star search and she's great and like just has this like wild confidence and like stage presence. And then Ed McMahon comes up and is like very first question he asks her is, do you have a boyfriend? And it's like, what? And she says, no. And he says, why? And she's like, they're mean. And he goes, <laughs> I'm a boy. Am right. I mean? It's like, like, no, uh, you're, you're a... creepy as fuck. You're a, like a weird old skin flap ghost, motherfucker. Get out my face. Get your skin about? tags out of my face, old man. <laughs> what are those piercings or skin tags? Come on, motherfucker. Get them out of my face. All right. Real quick, let's talk about the uh, impeachment. Uh, <laughs> get Important this shit stuff. out of the way. Girl, I'm talking about impeaching this creep. I like how we're like, fuck everyone shooting on And we just spend... 40 minutes talking about Britney. Yeah. We're allies now. We weren't before, but now we've seen the light. Yeah. So the Democrats, you know, de the first couple days of the impeachment, I would say, are mostly uh, the, the big takeaways are that Trump's defense team doesn't really seem to have a strategy, uh, like to the point that Republican senators are coming out and being like, this is a fucking mess. Like, what are they doing? Like, and and they're also complimenting the you know, the Democrats for the case that they're presenting. Uh, the Democrats showed a 14 minute video uh, of uh, January 6th that, you know, is pretty convincing. I mean, it's if you already watched the footage, you know, it's pretty bad. But like it, it does a fairly good job of showing some of the more violent behavior alongside the words of Trump. And it's all just like very my my prediction and what I'm seeing so far uh, is that this is just going to be a very frustrating experience of seeing a open and shut case and then watching the Republicans ignore it. Um, yeah, because. Uh, yeah, because yeah, like it's like who needs more convincing? I mean, like, yeah, the video is compelling, uh, but like no, it, it's it's purely a thing of you're dealing with like racist goons. And you're trying to art like you're we're trying to use like persuasive, logical arguments like with a rock. It's yeah. Like it doesn't that's not the language they they're not even actually interested in communicating. So this feels futile. But I also understand that, like, there is a, a public getting the public to fully understand, like, what's going on, because there are I'm sure some people are still like, well, I don't know, did he? And that video is like it's so like linear, like A to B to people beating police with hockey sticks off the strength of the words of the president, them repeating yeah. what he's saying out loud. The timeline's all there. Uh, on top of that, y'all were there that day, if you recall. What the vibes weren't great, at the very right. least. I think we could all agree on that. But yeah, it's it's that's why I'm like so frustrated that. You know, his defense goes out there and absolutely just they just embarrass themselves with like non arguments or rebuttals or even presenting like some kind of case or counter argument. And and yeah, we're we're in a world where these other people can just shamelessly set the, the country in a direction that it's absolutely doesn't need to be going. in. Yeah, I saw like I mean, a lot of people were trying to get uh, Giuliani kicked off Twitter because he's. 
he's like putting this message out there that the insurrection was BLM. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's so, and I, but even just looking at the number of retweets, cause I'll like do investigative work and go in and be like, what, what people are retweeting this? You know what I mean? And it's right, definitely sure. like a lot of bots and not real humans, but for sure a handful of people that truly believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it doesn't make any sense. We know all these people's backgrounds. We like what, you know, we saw them get arrested at their grandmother's homes. It's like yeah. we've seen shit they've posted before. Like there's just no chance yeah. that it's. It's yeah. and, and, it, and they're armed with like this phrase. I've heard these thought terminating cliches that they can deploy the second critical thought has to enter their mind. Yeah. So if it's. If it's saying something like, you know, you can just dismissively be like, well, George Soros and BLM. It's like, hold on. You're just you're getting you're just going on this take to avoid critically analyzing what was just said to you, like like really walk through it. But it's easy. And like this is like in this documentary I was watching about just trying to figure out how you can reverse course from QAnon. Spoiler alert. I don't know about that. But the when you see that sort of that's that pattern of like uh, communicating, it's like you actually can't go anywhere because the second there is a moment that critical thought has to enter, they've safeguarded themselves with these like talking points or empty platitudes, whatever to avoid it. So that's, I'm like, it's, I don't know at what point you break through. I mean, knowing Tom Cotton and Ted Cruz, like had trouble watching the video physically, like trying to look away. I mean, says something, but at the end of the day, it's just more, I think it just underscores the fact that they're shameless and they were just trying to avoid feeling anything because they know what they're about to do. Right. Can I go to the bathroom again? Right. Uh, Ted, you just <laughs> went to the bathroom. I know, but I got I got to go again. Could I? Uh, me uh, too. Hey, hey, I got to go too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, Senator Cotton. My foot hurts. Can I go to the nurse? <laughs> what? No, we're, we're, this is the impeachment trial. Oh, man, I left my cranberry CD on the quad. I need to go get that before someone snags it. Can I leave? All of a sudden, all of a sudden they believe in COVID. Yeah. I think right. I have a fever. I'm right. coughing. I need to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back. And we're back. Uh, let's talk about those $2,000 checks, uh, that are no longer, uh, even being talked about. It's now, we're now talking about $1,400 checks. I didn't even get my 600. Okay. Yeah. It's a suspected fraud. And they're just like, what? Oh yeah. 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 There's just like, it's happened to a ton of people with California unemployment and with the, um, with the stimulus check. That it was just like you go on and be like, oh, have I got my check yet? Right. And then they're like, we sent it to this bank account number and it's not my bank account at all. And then they're just like, oh, you can like claim a credit on your taxes, but otherwise it's just gone. Like there's nothing they can do. It's Oof. wild. Yeah. I mean, it's the amount <laughs> like it's because the whole effort to try and provide any kind of support, stimulus package, anything has just been so fucked up and backwards and like we for whatever reason democrats keep getting to the point where they're like yeah man helping people is the right thing to do and then three weeks later like but like way less though because like you don't want to like give rich people money and you're like what's the fuck is going on you know what i mean because in the in the in the election cycle it was like yes and like they're campaigning on these two thousand dollar checks blah 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 but then 
once Joe Biden got in office, things started changing a little bit. I mean, the pushback sort of began in December when like the $2,000 check idea came out and like Trump was one of people like, whoa, okay, that's, we like that. Um, And then like, as the $1,400 thing came out, like they were trying to lower the thresholds, which would potentially deny aid to half of Americans. Like don't, don't even, don't even think of like who you think is getting the money. Just think on terms of numerically who's getting help. You're saying less than half knowing how many people are being affected by the pandemic like no so based on also their earning from the year before the pandemic right so. because a lot of those are from your old IRS from your uh, 2019 taxes so you know at that time the media just didn't bat an eye when it went to $1400 and like and then suddenly at the end of January they all rallied around this study from a billionaire funded think tank that basically manufactured the consent and cemented the sort of quote unquote logic that helping people may actually be bad. Uh, it was com- it comes from it, it's it all comes out of uh, I believe it's Harvard and it's called Opportunity Insights. This think tank is funded by the family foundations of Mark Zuckerberg, Mike Bloomberg, and Bill Gates. So this study comes from this billionaire think tank. And what but happened they're, was Miles, they're looking for insights into opportunity. So it can't be a bad thing. <laughs> oh my God. So then this then once this study came out with very little like footnotes and things like that, all these media outlets started just jumping on it. The uh, Washington Post had a headline that said, quote, cutting off stimulus checks to Americans earning over 75,000 could be wise. New data suggests Uh, This is from Bloomberg. Biden stimulus risks giving money to people who won't spend it. Uh, The Washington Post editorial board said, quote, targeting relief to the neediest, thus freeing up more resources for higher priorities, such as vaccines and safe school reopenings, comports with progressivism properly understood. It's not progressive to give money to the rich. They're using really fancy titles to pretty much say, save up. Yeah. <laughs> you better right. save up. Better save up. <laughs> this killer is bees. the killer, killer bees economic plan. <laughs> I mean, shit, it, it, at least they would, at least that's a plan rather than like just sort of obscuring the fact that you're about to be just enact mass cruelty on the country. And, but by that point, it was too late. The study had gained so much momentum and was like the basis of so many like opinion pieces and segments on like all the networks like, you know, like no one like was free of this uh, this study. But then you come to find out they start adding sort of like their methodologies for this study and it's fucking flawed. Right. You know what I mean? Like the first one is the income data that they use to, to even uh, to extrapolate who's going to spend and won't spend. It comes from using zip code level income data which actually is a very, it removes all nuance of who lives in a zip code. Not every, it's not a monolith of one income and And who lives there. We should be immediately suspicious because it's not like this hasn't been studied already. There's plenty of peer reviewed studies out there about like what giving people money does. And the majority of peer reviewed studies says like, contradicts what this one very specific hastily thrown together study says and it's it's like, yeah, but they needed that to say the thing they they wanted to say. So right. like that's the that's the reason we went with one study as opposed to the scientific consensus. Yeah. The majority of peer reviewed studies is this. But according to this non peer reviewed study from Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> right. giving poor people money bad like fuck. And then, you know, it, it, on top of it. There, there's like this whole salt cap for this tax cap that Democrats are talking about repealing, which would benefit like 
the 85% of the benefits of repealing this cap would go to the top 5% of earners. And this is what the Democrats are talking about right now in the Ways and Means Committee talking about, like, well, how can we do this? And actually, we'll offset that by raising the taxes and the other. It's like, that's not how that's going to work. Like, people are going to lose out because of this cap. So you have the media just really focused on this one thing while not really bringing up that they're doing the same thing of letting the money, you know, continue to flow upward to the rich um, while removing any sort of support. Uh, from progressive tax codes that we could have. Yeah. America's got a lot of fucking... Like, it seems very clear to us that, like, the world is being run by a very small group of extremely wealthy people, but I I think we're at the beginning of the Roaring Twenties right now, and then, like, when the the big crash or uprising whatever it takes happens like that that'll be years on because you still see like all the story like andrew yang is winning like for mayor like it's all just billionaires man people fucking love billionaires they just trust billionaires there's like some residual trust left over from whatever like the rich equals good thing from the early 21st century was right rich equals smart Right. It was uh, the GameStop thing was so like scary for for them right. too. It was like a little, you know, a little crack in the armor of like, oh shit! Right. Like if enough poor people or middle income people get together and make a plan, like they can enact real financial change. And like we don't want that. Don't Come say on. don't say collectivism on the air. <laughs> don't let people start googling that shit. Yeah, we're eventually gonna get to the place where people are like, okay billionaires like should be inherently mistrusted like that there is a inherent flaw in any human mind that is willing to accumulate that much wealth and i think with you know broadcast television mainstream news it's because you have gazillionaires own the networks where millionaires tell you the news Right. And so we just have That's why I watch Newsmax. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell by the suits, they're not doing that great. (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of uh, people loving them, a billionaire, Elon Musk uh, has a new internet service uh, that is being pitched uh, in the mainstream media as like his solution to uh, the fact that you can't get broadband. Uh, out into the countries or to underserved communities. So this is going to use uh, satellites, low-flying satellites, the Starlink product, uh, and it's part of Elon Musk's SpaceX, uh, uses a series of satellites that communicate directly with a dish you purchase Mm. uh, so you don't need fiber optic cables or other infrastructural hurdles. Uh, it does cost, uh, as I mentioned up top, $99 a month. Okay. Uh, and the dish costs $500. <laughs> but now mm-hmm. hear us out here. Okay. It does. It's not going to work for me. Yeah. Right. That's, uh, that's a no for me, dog. Uh, a, uh, Cool, cool American Idol reference by me, by the way. Just I to call love that it. Out. I still use it. Oh, all it's, the still, time, Jack. it's yeah. not even American Idol. It's just accepted, like just vernacular. I think yeah, yeah. It's like know what I mean, Vern. At yeah. this point, <laughs> not that cool, but uh, it is causing some controversy because the satellites. Uh, it's not like a handful of satellites. It is forty thousand satellites that they're going <laughs> to launch. 
Uh, so our sky will be swarming with these satellites, uh, and that will make it difficult to impossible for uh, people to observe any asteroids that are uh, might hit Earth, uh, which is an existential crisis, <laughs> an We're existential done. threat. That, this is how we die. Like I, I feel like we, like scientists, will hear when a scientist is like, "Oh, there is a." Uh, there's one that would end life on the planet that's going to come within, uh, you know, a couple hundred miles. So uh, check that out. But like we don't, you know, it's not because of the way the human mind is wired. We're not like aware that that is something that is constantly going on in the background that people are like always looking for a asteroid that's going to Near kill Earth us all. objects, right. Yeah. What is his goal? Like, I mean, again, I don't trust billionaires, so, like, what? I can't... It's just hard for me to believe that he just really wants everyone to have internet. Like, I don't... Yes. I just can't. That's, so, like, what is the sinister end goal yeah. to filling the sky with little I'll satellites for you, Amy. with the most 90s <laughs> name, Starlink? Starlink. Starlink. It's... It's a www on your computer. Yes, right, Starlink. Exactly. <laughs> I remember. Who's? Didn't you guys have a Starlink account? It was uh, right after uh, what Net, was it? Netscape. CompuServe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the by the way, what, speaking of '90s words, wasn't it cool that uh, Britney's uh, best friend and assistant, her last name was Kulata? Uh, yeah. like the, like Alicia the, like the Starbucks. Yeah. She was uh, actually my favorite part of the thing. I was like, Oh, she I was so know great more about Felicia and Britney's. I just want to like see the world through her eyes, like her description of the channel and like taking the train. She was like, we yeah. took a train oh, that went under the ocean and it was a train. Y'all. It was like, we hanging so out. With, yeah, we she's like just, in her like little Paul Frank monkey t-shirt. We just from the thought 90s, it was like, the, yeah. the, just the coolest thing we ever did. Just yeah. the coolest thing. Love it. Uh, something so pure. Anyway. Anyways. Back to, back so what's to, yeah, what's his end game here? His end Thanos? game is to use this very expensive product uh to uh fund his missions to Mars. Uh he knows that those are gonna be expensive. Um he is planning to I knew he was interested in Mars, uh, but he's got like some Bond villain type shit cooking up. Uh he wants to have a city on the planet Mars by 2050 that uh, will be libertarian and <laughs> will will uh, be ruled by him. So he's basically trying to create a Mars like city, a Martian. And why am I legitimately worried he'll be able to do it? Like I'm convinced that you can just like own space if you have enough money and no one will stop you. Yeah. yeah so there's a yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing called the Outer Space Treaty that says, like, you can't do that. Like, international law applies uh, on Mars as well as the moon, as well as all other uh, parts of space. Um, but Uranus? Yeah, Uranus mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. uh, but Throw he up. is... <laughs> 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 he is in, in the uh, user agreement for Starlink... There is something that asks people to agree that there is no uh, nobody has jurisdiction over Mars and that he does that he can basically create a his own planet. It asks simply put declaring Mars as a free planet uh, is essentially so what he's, he's saying doing. dibs on Mars. Yes. It by getting people to sign up to this. <laughs> and it's also it's got wild stop the steal vibes where like Trump was raising money off of this effort. I mean, like, he wasn't really going to spend the money on that. And this in the same way, he's like, I have this thing I'm going to dangle, but I'm going to use that money for this other yeah. thing. 
Thank exactly. you. And also, when you, we've talked about broadband and the issues that we have in this country with broadband, I mean, yes, there are huge infrastructural problems, but a lot of the people who are underserved from Wi-Fi actually live in just cities, too, yes. because of lack of, of access, course. because that shit is too expensive. So it's, you know, it's like half, you're half solving a half problem while also fully funding your Mars fuckfest. Right. Like, this would be a dope thing to introduce like a, as a thing that everybody had access to like and yeah, do it in 500 down right yeah but he's doing it to fund his mars country because he's a billionaire that's how a billionaire's mind works is that they're going to accumulate as much wealth and power as they possibly can uh so he wants to colonize mars and his plans are uh that he wants to have people like it's going to cost you a million dollars to get to mars uh but then when you get there you can get a job at SpaceX to work off the million dollar oh debt. Oh my so indentured Martian indentured servitude. Indentured Martian servitude is his plan. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. Yeah. I mean, and this is the known, dude Mr. who everybody, emerald pocket. This dude, people like I hear people quote this dude like he is fucking Confucius. Like it is the most frustrating shit. Uh how how much people love billionaires right now. Show me the billionaire that wants to live under the ocean. That's tight. Give me like yeah. a king, some King Triton motherfucker who's like, I'm going to build a bubble under the ocean and live under there. Like, right. that's dope. And any, if, hey, if you're down to live that underwater, under the sea life, come yes. through. It's free, baby. Please. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just looking for friends to chill with me in the kingdom. I would also like to take a water slide down there instead of like whatever oh, uncomfortable yeah. ass shit is going to be taking people to Mars. Give me a water slide that goes to your undersea kingdom. Oh, I will yeah, serve yeah. you, King. Or um, it's like a thing like uh, at that Atlant Atlantis resort where you take like a water slide that like goes yeah, into goes the ground, down. but it's yeah, like a exactly. clear tunnel and you actually descend 40,000 feet un under yeah, sea level. Exactly. But then you have to figure out the science so you don't get the bends and the pressure change don't fuck you up. And then you like kind of get out the tube like, oh shit. Yeah, I'm like I'm here. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and set the first ticket goes to Brittany's old assistant because she loves being in a tube. Under oh the my water. god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two she honorary first it. tickets to Felicia and Brittany. You know, my favorite thing too is like in his Mars colony. I mean, does he? He must realize it's going to be all white men up there, right? Like it's oh, going to yeah. be a fucking nerd fest of just billionaires who are like who I don't they're gonna have to ship women up there for them to reproduce <laughs> yeah yeah free ticket for Mars to you girl yeah. you wanna join me yikes uh, Amy you disgust me <laughs> yeah the worst Amy it's been a pleasure having you uh, the best uh, having you where can people uh, find you follow you experience you uh, follow me on Twitter, Amy Miller, Instagram, Amy Miller Comedy, and I have some videos and stuff up there. And that's my podcast, Who's Your God, is also good. Very good. Yes. Um, and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, this is a tweet I really enjoyed on Sunday from Mia Galepo, who I guess is a writer for The Hollywood Reporter. And she said, this Super Bowl could have been an email. And that really spoke to me as someone getting exhausted from every communication now having to look at me in my home. Not you guys. You, you guys are great. I love to look at you. So glad you can see me. Man, but just email, like, call, oh, so many things can just be an email at this point. Like, I don't need to FaceTime you. Just leave me alone. 
Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Miles of Gray, at Miles of Gray, technically. And then uh, check out 420 Days Fiance, the other pod, talking about 90 Day and Married at First Sight. Just, you know, a little tr- trash tasting menu, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, some tweets that I like. First one from super producer Anna Hosney at Anna Hosney saying, I only very recently realized that Conor McGregor isn't a Tom Hardy character. <laughs> I totally saw that shit. Um, another one is from Nicole Byer at Nicole Byer. Why, yes, I went on a mass date today in a park. I was wearing a giant medical boot. Yes. Oh, baby, you know it. Did my wig slide back far enough that I had to catch it before the gust of wind claimed it as her own? Oh, yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> She's back, baby. <laughs> Such I love a her. Great. I just love that one. And uh, actually, the song of the day is actually a tweet that I like, but I'll get to that when we get to the song. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Couple tweets I've been enjoying at Tweet Potato three fourteen tweeted Kool Aid Man dying halfway through a cartwheel, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and shit. Mike Scully tweeted a uh, story from his childhood fifty seven years ago today. My family and seven year old me watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and my dad said, "Quote Jesus Christ, get a load of these assholes." <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh man. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our foot no for no. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What is that song? Okay, so this song was a tweet I saw from at I still love her underscore. And this, the tweet she puts, this elementary school band playing Stakes is High is the feel-good content I needed today. And it's Ooh. these little kids playing De La Soul's Stakes oh, is High. Like, you can tell their teacher is so dope because he's got, like, a Jay Dilla projection in the background. Obviously, this beat was uh, co-produced by Dilla. So it was just, it's just cool to see, like, this moment where, like, kids are, like, jamming. Like, and they're yeah. not the best musicians, but... There's no matter if you play music or not, you can relate to like the joy of someone creating and like children doing it. And it's it's, it's just pure. It's happiness. So I love it. you're going to hear it, but definitely check out the tweet. I'll retweet that and just enjoy. I'm sure somebody could give me a quote of like, if these kids or like when you were this age, like the Beatles or like chubby checker was as old as that de la sol beat is or whatever right 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 that would make me turn into dust and blow away but uh, <laughs> I, will, I won't do the math right uh all right well the daily zeitgeist is a production of iheart radio for more podcasts from iheart radio visit the iheart radio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that's gonna do it for today uh for this morning we will be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending we'll talk to y'all then bye